G'day Legends Legendaries, welcome to another episode of Generation Head to It, a sugar hit of positivity and health for you to get most out of yourself to inspire this generation and the next. Make sure you like, subscribe to the latest episodes and share the word to get more people out there improving their lives for the better. So in today's episode we have the great and legendary Nick Lloyd. Nick is a professional golfer who grew up playing in Australia and is now living in London playing over there all across Europe. Nick is a very wise man. He has a lot of really good ideas around the psychology of golfing or playing individual sports, chasing goals, etc. And it's really interesting to see his opinion on why it's so important to remain to your own true self even when you're playing at an elite level and how what we think we should be like is very different to who we are. So it's very important to make sure we don't concentrate on the external things but actually on the internal things. And I believe what he says in the episode just makes a whole lot of sense. And I think you can really attribute it to a lot of different things that you can do in your life for the better. So without trying to spoil too much more, I absolutely love this episode. We had a really great chat and I really look forward to hearing what you guys say after the episode. So let's get to it. Yeah, I mean, especially I think the interesting difference between team sports and individual sports is quite a big one, especially from an an athlete perspective of what you're trying to build you're basically as a as an individual athlete you're trying to build a team environment because you know when you you know growing up playing playing footy you know playing cricket all that stuff you, you're with a team it's really easy you know what to do you turn up to training someone tells you what to do you know you sort of in a team environment where the team can be winning and you don't necessarily have to play that well and you don't feel as much pressure in that regard but when you play an individual sport it's just it's all on you you know as in there's a there's a lot of perceived pressure um i think in terms of what you experience as, as an athlete and then your expectations are purely on yourself um and then from that you know i've, I've learned to uh, try and build a more of like a team environment um so as you said seeing a sports psychologist now i've obviously got my my coach I see a strength and conditioning specialist, um, you know, you, you're trying to add to that sort of support network. And it's not necessarily coaches. It's, you know, it's having a mentor, having people that you can talk to about golf that maybe not necessarily are that into golf. So it's quite a nice chat because, you know, everything they hear you say is really positive. They don't really know as much about it. So, yeah, I think I think for me, realising that that I needed those things, and, you know, I've probably felt a lot of weight on my shoulders trying to work out what I'm doing wrong or not necessarily what I'm doing wrong, but what I need to do next. And sort of when it's just you, you doubt all those decisions. Am I training right? Am I eating right? Am I doing all these things right? Because you don't have that external source to sort of confirm what you're doing is right. You're just basing it purely on results. And that can be quite hard because you can be doing all the right things and then not getting the results. So then you doubt it. Um, because that's your, you know, external source of, of sort of um, confirmation is, is result, results driven. And, you know, when we talked about, you know, we had that initial chat a couple of weeks ago about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Um, it's quite an interesting one to develop, you know, in an individual sport because, you know, you only really have your results to, to base your performances off. Um, but you know there's there's a lot more to that and, and you're trying to find those 
the wins, you know, internally and, and, you know, having, getting sort of stuck into what you hear a lot, which is the process, you know, you've got to follow a, a certain process and that's what you draw your results for. But that can be hard if, if you're just doing it yourself. Um, so yeah, the last, probably the last six months has been pretty interesting. I started seeing a sports psychologist, um, and yeah, we've explored a lot of those themes that, that we chatted about, uh, which has been quite cool. Yeah, cool. Well, it's interesting because you have so many different um, specialists in your corner, right? Like you've got a whole bunch of people who are supporting you in different ways. And like I said, not even someone who's actually attached to golf, but people who are actually outside of golf and seeing from different perspective. Um, but it's interesting you mentioned that relationship between the like results and sometimes just being involved in the process because like I'm sure there's days where you like wake up and you think you know like I'm on results are good fantastic my golf is fantastic and then the you know the next day you, you wake up and you go this is a joke I should probably quit playing golf altogether it's not going to happen but it's like a weird kind of dynamic that you constantly face when you're being at the level that you are and obviously versing players of different calibers at different courses in different conditions like there's so many different variables i'm sure you come up against mm. which are going to change the way that you perceive yourself so why did you feel like you needed to actually see a sports like anyway because i feel like it's super important and more people should do it but why do you feel like you decided to take that step um i think i think this year was quite a tricky year for me because i had some really good results um which you know sort of in terms of my performance, I felt like I elevated myself to a new level. And 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 on my journey to playing full-time professional golf, I'm, I'm sort of looking for those things that tell me actually I can I can take that sort of next step to move to the next level. Um, and sort of each time I took that, I think the next step that I took was almost backwards. Um, I hit not 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 in terms of the step backwards, but I'd I'd hit a performance where I was like that's not me like why am I producing this result like it's not even like that's my C game it was like my E game you know and I'm looking for you know I want my C game to be pretty decent and that's sort of what you base yourself on uh, everyone has a good A game um, but my some performances I was just seeing a big drop off and you know mentally I felt like in those rounds I just it was really heavy on me. Like I was really trying to fight a lot of internal battles, trying to really stay positive, stay strong. And I sort of felt like I was losing that battle. Um, and I think one of the rounds, it was after I was playing in Sweden and I just I played around where, you know, I was playing, we were playing really well going into it. I'd prepped really well. Everything was looking really good. And I just produced a performance that was very, very unsatisfactory unsatisf in, my, in my own standards. And I just had a big reflection of like, clearly, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a me thing as in, you know, skill-wise, technique-wise, clearly there's something that I'm missing, you know, mentally in my preparation and, and my application during during the competition that, that maybe I can learn from. And um thankfully like my wife Ember, she's she's super supportive and she was like you need to go and not not that you need to go and see someone but she's like maybe it's time you, you started seeing a sports psychologist and i talked about it before but it was sort of like a line in the sand moment where i was so down after this round of golf because it was just like 
because the amount of work I'd put into the prep, I felt like I'm definitely going to perform well and it didn't happen. So I was like, okay, clearly I really need to do something about it. Um, and yeah, so I, I made contact with uh, a lady here in London who is Australian, has worked with a lot of top sports people, as well as a lot of top performers. Like, you know, she's worked with opera singers, um, a lot of top golfers, tennis players, uh, rugby players. So she she's worked with a lot of really, really, you know, good athletes. Um, and we just, we just started the journey in terms of, of my own journey. And I sort of, you know, we just had initial chats about, you know, she gets me to, you know, talk about, you know, why, why I was there, what, what led that, what performance led her, me to coming towards her. Um, and, you know, they just ask all the right questions. You know, they don't even have to say anything sometimes. You know, I think the initial chat, she was just going, and so what's your support network like? And, you know, just that question alone, you're like, okay, I probably need to, I need to be, I need to find, you know, better people to be around. And, and, and we sort of, you know, one of her initial conversations was about this growth versus fixed mindset. And she was like, you know, how do you find your mindset? And I said, well, you know, I, you know, I really feel like I'm, you know, of a growth mindset. I'm trying to always improve. I'm trying to look at what can I do next? How can I get that better? Um, and she's like, okay. And, and so, you know, when you play, do you set out to shoot a particular score? And I was like, well, yeah, like, a, you know, I'm trying, obviously trying to aim for a certain score for each course that I think is, you know, a par score for me. And she's like, okay, interesting, interesting. And, and sort of what do you, what do you base your success on, you know, during, during a season? I said, well, and I sort of, you know, gave us statistics you know, I was trying to create some wins, that sort of stuff, which was obviously all extremely results driven, but it's quite funny to, to see it. Someone pointed out to you so obviously, and, you know, even though obviously part of the mindset is growth oriented, you know, I'm, I am trying to improve. I, my marker for how I was growing was just results. There was no sort of like growth markers along the way uh, that, predicted any sort of um progression uh so yeah that was that was quite interesting to be pointed out in the first probably half an hour sign of a good coach though isn't it someone that actually asks the questions to help you find the answer it's it's you know it's never it's never like she hasn't got this like silver bullet that she can give you that fixes everything it's more like just like, you know, just like working on your golf swing or, or your, your skills, you just work on it. So, we, you know, we've been doing lots of – she gives me homework that I have to do for each session, which is quite funny. Um, <laughs> it's, it's almost like it, it was quite interesting because there's obviously – we look at your goals that you set and, you know, I have quite lofty goals of what I want to achieve in golf. Um, and then she broke it down to like a week, a week by week or day by day and it's like – there was no connection between what I'm doing today versus what I want to do in two years. Even though this was very strong and this was very strong, there was no link between them. Like there wasn't actually like a conscious, okay, I'm, I'm getting on the putting green and I'm going to putt for two hours because I need to improve my putting so that I can do this so that I can then achieve these goals, you know, in two years time. So it's like making that link so that you know what you're doing today is actually going towards something in the future um and i think that's 
I think that's the interesting part about having a growth mindset is not necessarily saying that results don't matter. It's almost saying, yes, results matter, but the only way I can get these results is through this sort of path here and then engaging in the path, but still looking towards the results. It's not like you can go like this, like, oh, I don't want to look over there. You know, I'm, I'm not meant to look at the results. It's like, no, they are really important, but also you can only get there by sort of changing the way you you, you sort of process and and move towards them and engaging in that in a, in a very, really positive way. Um, but how do you even quantify that? Because like for, for golf, it's pretty obvious, like who's winning, right? Like it's about how many shots you take and, you know, how many shots under par you get. But how do you even quantify whether this action that you're taking right now is going to be leading you towards a more positive result in two years when in fact that, you know, it's not actually like I said, directly contributing to a result, but more to maybe like something you've learned? Like, how do you quantify that? Um, it's, again, it's, I mean, for me, part of it was was building, you know, some self-confidence on the course. And, and you know, that's not, self-confidence is not something you can directly measure, but more of a feeling. So we have a review on, you know, we, we set a goal of, you know, I rated my own self-confidence, you know, out of 10. It was a very simple measure. Um, and then we looked at obviously an ideal measure was 10 and it's like, we're going to keep checking in to see how I feel. And that, that part of that is being obviously very honest with yourself and, and trying to be honest in the process. Cause I, I said that probably in the moment, I, that's probably what I struggled with is, is actually that belief in backing yourself to go and to, to make that shot or to, to take that chance. But, you know, rolling back on, you know, in terms of my career, it was like, I was sort of like half in, half out. So I wasn't backing myself in my actions. You know, I was, you know, because I'm coaching still and I'm still working at a club as well as trying to play full time. It was sort of like you're sort of trying to do too much of both. Um, and that affects, you know, your mental sort of state because you're telling yourself, I really want to go and play full time. I want to do all this stuff. But then I'm taking energy and time away from myself and putting it in other areas which are not necessarily helpful towards it. So, yeah, we, we sort of reevaluated that in terms of looking, okay, on a week-to-week -week basis, how much time are you putting towards your golf and actually, you know, quantifying it as like, okay, say I've got 30 hours to play with. Okay, well, you know, if you're going to make golf, the you know, the playing career-wise, if you're going to make that the priority, let's, you know, we need to up the hours that you're, you know, putting into that. And, you know, you started on that sort of scale, um, and that, you know, just on a week to week basis gives you more confidence because you know what you're putting in is going towards what you actually want. And again, it's it's for me, it was just actually putting in some structures of actually recording. You know, I, I have a not necessarily a to do list every week, but I have a little spreadsheet of Monday to Friday times and I'm actually just allocating times. And for me, that's quite helpful because it's at least saying. Uh, you know, on Monday, I've got four hours of practice. So I know that in my head, I've, I've actually de dedicated some time that's going towards something. Whereas, you know, on a normal week, I, I might do that four hours practice, but then it's not set in stone. I haven't really committed to it. It's sort of like, oh, I'll see how I feel on the day. Whereas it's like, no, you know, you've still got to practice when you don't want to. You've still got to, you know, you've still got to be in the gym three times a week. You know, even if you're tired, you still turn up and you still get it done. Um so I think that was a that was a big thing for me was just 
getting the structures put in place that that allowed me to sort of flourish a little bit more. It was almost like, you know, when we talk, look it back to like the team perspective is like the coach is telling you, you got to, you got to chain on Tuesday, Thursdays, you know, you turn up. Um, and it was sort of like me becoming the coach and telling myself, yeah, on Monday, we're doing this, this, and this Tuesday is this Wednesday's a, a day off. You know, you need to give yourself a mental break. You can't just be on all the time. Um, you know, Thursday is this, um, and yeah, it, it, that in the, just like a simple thing like that to start with. We haven't even tackled like, you know, my thought processes while I'm playing. It's just like, you know, let's tackle the things that are, that are really attainable and, and really easy. And, and that's just creating, creating a structure to build confidence and to, to make sure everything's pointing in the right direction. Out of that, I can kind of identify two different things. Like I said, the structure being one of them, like how much time can you actually have to dedicate towards your goal and what you want to achieve, right? And the other one, well, so I guess that's more of like a physical or like you have to physically be there, physically have to make the time, things like that. Where the other one was more of like those developing the the skills and or the beliefs, right? Like the beliefs in you can actually contribute to improve yourself. So like so building like self-confidence is one thing, like being able to have uh, like the growth mindset or helping like some kind of self-compassion yourself along the way. So it seems like mm-hmm. you kind of had, we've been working through different, two different things, which I believe is so important for pretty much anything you want to take on in life. But like, do you, if you want to be better at something, then I'm sure you like, you need to dedicate time to it. You kind of like watch the old YouTube video, get inspired and then never do anything about it. You know, exactly. um, yeah. story of our life. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, pretty good. Yeah. I think you're doing a pretty good job, Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that it's also um really good how you like finding out which skills and beliefs you need to identify like improve. So, like I said, if you can build some confidence and identify self-confidence as something you need to work on, then sure enough, if you continue dedicating time to it as well as other things, you're going to eventually be that guy in two years that you've kind of set your your mind onto. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean, self-confidence is an, is an interesting sort of like um, topic because it's, it's not something you can just create overnight. It's more like it's almost like you, you see yourself putting the work in over time and that's what gives you the confidence. It's like, well, you know, you turn up to an event and you, well, actually, I know that I've done X, Y, and Z, you know, and they're the things that I can control is what I put into it. And then it's on the day, let's go out and see what we can do. And, and sort of the confidence of what you've put in is what creates that self-confidence. You can't just go, you know, I'm Tiger Woods. I'm amazing. Let's go and do it. You know, there's some, to be honest, there's some people that have that, that are just turn up and they just, they just think they're the, the best. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty rare. That's, <laughs> and that's I think delusion. <laughs> that's, that's maybe slightly delusional and maybe that that's something that could be, you know, rocked pretty easily if it, if things don't go their way, but I think that real strong belief is built over time and work um, and self-awareness, you know. I'm sure as we both know, self-awareness is, is really, really important um, about taking those honest thoughts that you have and breaking them down and, and you know, like I think I watched your, your little Instagram on meditation and totally agree with that. Like <laughs> it's so important yeah. to, to actually listen to what your what you're saying to yourself and and that's you know most important and and 
you know, an, an interesting part of, of what I did with sports psych was, was looking at, so she said, okay, when you're playing well, what are your, your thoughts, feelings, and actions? So we write them down. So, you know, for me, I feel really light. I feel if everything feels really easy, I'm very happy. I'm chatting along to everyone, you know, sort of like that sort of happy go lucky sort of guy, which is, which is how I am in general. Right. So you look at, okay. And then she said, okay, on the flip side, what are your thoughts, feeling and actions when you're not playing well? And it was like, I was very internal, you know, just let a lot of things sort of spin in my head. Um, I sort of walk ahead, try and get to the ball really quickly. Um, you know, all these sort of, and, you know, at some points it would be quite externally negative towards myself uh, as well. So, and just, you know, just the thought, you know, just the exercise of pointing those two out, it's sort of like, you know, my initial comment initial comment was, you know, obviously when I play badly, this is, these are my thoughts, feelings and actions. And she said, well, no, that's, that's sort of giving you, that's giving your play the, sort of strength to determine how you feel, right? Whereas how you feel should determine how you play, as in you can control your thoughts, feelings, and actions, right? You can't necessarily control how you play or the results of, you know, we talk about results. You can't control the results. So if you're trying to create an atmosphere where you're feeling very light, you're very feeling very, you know, happy, you're chatting to people, you know, you're walking up, you're looking around, you can create that environment to help facilitate better play. You know, that's something that you can control. And even when you play poorly, you can still facilitate that environment to get the maximum out of yourself on that day. And that was, you know, again, it's such an obvious thing, but in the moment, you know, you let yourself go down these sort of like spirals. Um, and I think just having that, having that awareness of, okay, this is the the environment, the mental environment that I'm trying to create when I'm performing, when I'm playing um, is important. And then it was from there, you know, going back to the structures, okay, in your week of preparation, are you creating that environment where you're light, you're, you're chatty, you're positive, you know, are you giving yourself enough time mentally to have a break? You know, are you able to switch off because you can't be on all the time? So it sort of like goes back to the structures of are you putting into play what you want to have turn up on the biggest day of the year? Are you training that on a week-to-week -week or a day-to-day -day basis mentally? Are you training your mental game, not just your physical skills, not just your strength and conditioning, all the, the things that are so obvious? Are you actually training that massive impact on your performance, which is your mental state and your, your confidence? Are you actually training that and obviously – the answer was no, <laughs> you know, it's not something that most people think about. I don't think many of us actually know how to. It's just like a lot of time you can like, like I said, you just go back to the YouTube videos and think, you know, who's, who said something inspiring recently that I can kind of take something from, but I feel like you get inspired by it. You look at it, you go, that's fantastic. I actually don't know how I'm going to do it to myself though, with that, except for like using this yeah, like bit you, of motivation. You know, yeah. like a good self-help book and you're like, Yes, I've got grit. I've read about grit. I know what it is. We're going to be gritty today, you know. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Actually, putting the practice yeah. off on is something completely different. Like, because 
if you're lifting weights in the gym, it's very obvious that you're going to get stronger. Like you feel like oh, I'm getting stronger because I'm lifting weights and being a bloody animal out there. But when it comes yeah. to like sitting there in silence and being like, you know, I'm going to train, I'm going to train my ability to deal with thoughts. But you just like sit yeah. there and you're like, but my brain's not growing. I'm not feeling anything. Yeah. I'm just feeling way more anxious than I was previously. How do I actually build <laughs> up the strength and, to get through this? Yeah, well, it's just, it's a hard thing to know exactly what to do. But I think it's, again, it's looking at what, what your ideal environment is or, or, you know, whatever sport it is. It's like, look at, you know, previously there's been performances where you've played well in a sport, right? And you, you sort of analyze those performances and how did I feel on that day? What was I, was I, did I feel quite free? Was I really focused? Was I really serious or whatever? Because some people perform well when they're very serious. They, you know, they're, they're in their little zone like this. Um, in particular golfers, you know, I play with, obviously play a lot with a lot of professionals. Some of them just don't talk to you. That's their, their mode is like, I'm completely internal. I need to stay in my own bubble. Um, whereas obviously I'm on the flip side as like, I need to, I need to be like doing anything other than playing this round of golf. Now I just need to be free over here. I need to be quite creative. And then obviously in the moment when I have to hit the shot then we come in and we, we, we focus in, but the more time I spend in that, sort of internal bubble is it tires me out you know we looked at how do how do I prep you know the, the morning of the tournament so teeing off at 10 o'clock what do I do from 7 till 10 um and you know I, I I ran through those sort of actions of you know I get up try and have a really good breakfast get to the course early you know get the pin positions for the day you know map out the course you know I try and do a like a big 30 minute warm-up physical warm-up get the body moving, do my mobility, get to the range, cycle through everything, putting, chipping, get to the tee uh, and go. And she was like, okay, so where in that three hours was your feeling light, feeling happy, feeling creative, you know, because it just sounded, she was like, it just sounds really serious. And I was like, yeah, it does feel really serious. <laughs> and like, I'm like, well, was it no wonder I'm like getting to the first tee, like, Ooh. not that I had, you know, first tee jitters or anything like that, but it was more like, again, that, that environment, I wasn't setting myself up for the perfect mental state to play golf. It was in my head, I was doing all the things that you should do. Like, you know, you should warm up for 30 minutes physically, do your mobility. You should do some, you know, you should be on the range hitting all the clubs. You should be on the putting green. You know, you should be warming up all these skills, which you should all still do. But my my mental state was like so serious of like, this is what you're meant to do as a professional golfer. You've got to take this seriously. Um, mm, it's funny how you said this is what you're meant to do as a professional golfer, not necessarily like yeah. this is what I should be doing as Correct, Nick, yeah. the professional golfer, right? Like <laughs> it seems like maybe, you know, you've watched Jimmy um, – videos of other people or seeing other people's practices or you know had a mindset coach at one point that said this is the way that you should be doing things and therefore you've created this like external image of what i should be doing and not being like that person because knowing you not that serious of a bloke <laughs> like <laughs> always, your cracking jokes and smile is kind of your uh, natural natural stance but so it seems very odd for me to see you say i'm spending three hours before my session actually getting to super serious mode when like yeah. it's just not your natural kind of person no exactly exactly and she said that is exactly what, what you just said there she's like well that's that's maybe how someone warms up but i don't that's not how you should warm up and it's like 
you know and i was like okay that like just opens a whole bubble of like okay so many different things i can try now during my warm-up to see if that works and she goes she said i bet you've i bet you've had an, a, an event where you've turned up late you haven't warmed up you've gone straight to the first team you've played really well and i was like yes that that is true <laughs> like that's why i'm paying you like, yeah. bucks <laughs> yeah so, so i'm like so should i just turn up and she's like no obviously not but it just shows that that you know that preparation has not been linked to success yet you know because i'm sure in the serious sort of like when i've been really serious i've still played well but you know in times where you just turn up you've, you've also played well so you're trying to find trying to find that structure that that suits suits the the mental state you want to be in um so yeah that was that was a funny conversation because i was just so wrong yeah. <laughs> in what i was doing and again it's just like <laughs> when someone points it out to you it's it's very obvious um and i think again you know leading back mm. to what we initially talked about as in individual sports you need those people to tell you what you're doing wrong because you know even though i'm a golf coach as well as a player i can't coach myself it's really hard to see the things that you do wrong from right in front of you you need someone standing at a distance looking and and telling you what to do right you need those mm. external figures and and i think that's that's what i'm trying to build uh, on my journey is to get people around me that know me and and know what what i what the best sort of actions for me are and you know what we talked about is like you know we have we both have very short attention spans so we uh in terms of when i practice i don't practice on one particular thing for more than 45 minutes or even probably half an hour because i'm like hyper focused for the first 25 minutes and then i just steadily drop off so mm. why bother why bother those last 20 minutes just get some simple and quick goals for the session as soon as you achieve them leave because I'm not that person that needs to like continue grinding it out. It's like when I've done it, I've done it. And I can leave with that confidence as well that mm. I've achieved it, not spend 10 minutes like going downhill, trying to work everything out, change everything and get on the way back up again. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can agree so, with that. I would say with the whole concept of like being really focused on something for, you know, what could be 45 minutes or less. Like I feel like there's some things that, you know, same as you where really hyper focused for like 20 minutes and then after that gone like just don't yeah. even like nothing's nothing's happening got 10 different tabs open researching things of different whatever where sometimes like i'll go to jiu-jitsu and i'm like really good for an hour and then after that i'm just in fairyland and have no idea what i'm doing but i think like i said like sometimes it's really good to be productive and then just get out of there and and just take that as like a really productive um session yeah yeah you don't have to sort of do it. again you don't have to do it all in a day it's like you know i was, I was speaking to my strength and conditioning coach um who were he's golf australia works with a lot of golfers and he just said because we looked at my first event for the season this year is end of february and we've sort of the last couple of months we've had a little bit on and off with uh, with a couple of injuries and stuff so i haven't got the best training in but he said look you've got 30 sessions until you go to go to spain for this tournament so if you can get one percent better every session that's 30 percent better in in two months you know and i was like well we had 10 weeks and i was like well i mean that's i mean so obvious but you're like wow that's like a quite a big gain 
and I don't really have to do every do you know I don't have to do it all in one session I don't have to suddenly bench 100 kilos but if I added one percent every session you know you, I could go from you know 70 to 90 kilos in, in bench or you know or whatever it is like you could improve that massive jump but it's done on like a session to session basis and I think that's probably yeah. the lesson for, for the overall right is if you're going to build yeah. self-confidence, if you're going to build actual strength, if you're going to build skills, you know, it's it's about getting out there each day and doing something. It doesn't have to be your best session ever, but if you can gain half a percent, if you can gain a percent every session, you know, over a season, you can make big changes. And I think that's what stops a lot of people because they 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 want to get the end product before the before the work's put in. Um, so that was. Yeah, that was an interesting, just an obvious chat that I had with him that made a lot of sense in terms of, because I was feeling a little bit bad that I hadn't done, you know, a good couple of months training. I'd done, a, you know, I'd done a lot of good sessions. We had two or three weeks off with injuries and sickness. Um, but it was sort of like, oh, wow, now that's really in front of me. I can see that. If I just put in the sessions, if I can get 30 sessions in the gym, in, that's a lot of sessions and I can make, I can actually make a good change before the season starts. Um Whereas I think sometimes you can be disillusioned, you know, I've got a couple of months to go or can you really do anything in that amount of time? But yeah, you know, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I love the idea of the the math in it. Uh, there's a really good uh, part of the book in uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which actually goes yeah. into it. And you'd be surprised how much uh, gains there is in that. But uh, we've got to wrap this up very soon. I know that you've got press for time. So I always got one question asked for everyone at the end. And what is something that stuck at you personally growing up in your family that you'd love to pass on to you, the next generation, kids, nieces, nephews, whoever it is? Um, ooh, that is a good question. I should prep myself as well for that one. What is one thing I learned growing up? Um, I think it. I think it is having the proper, you know, probably having the proper support networks as as a family. Like I was quite lucky. I had two older brothers and two really caring parents and we we built a support network of of playing a lot of sports and and sort of backing each other and 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 also that, that sort of competitiveness between brothers and and even between parents uh and and siblings um that would that would be the biggest thing is is not necessarily being perfect but sort of having each other's back and and just you know giving everything a go and i think that's what our family has always done is that whatever we wanted to do as kids we we gave it a go and our parents let us do it even if it was an adventure that whatever would turn out to be anything it was like actually just giving it a go is the best thing rather than not necessarily just going oh i can't do that it's like you know they always encouraged us so i do you know whatever sport i wanted to play i was allowed to do you know i even did rock climbing i did spear fishing like i did so many different weird sports but they were like, if you want to do it, go and do it. I think that's that's the the biggest lesson that I would love to give my kids is like, whatever they want to do, I'll be there hundred percent supporting them. Going, go for it. You know, if that's a if that is a sport, if that's a a, a career in acting or singing, or if they want to, I don't know, they want to work with animals, whatever they want to do, um, just go and do it. You only get one life, so why not have fun while doing it? Brilliant, great lesson. And I'm also glad it's not singing because you would you would not survive. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> uh, no, mate, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm going to have to get you on again because it's way too short and uh, we could probably talk about those things for a lot longer. So I have to get you on in the future. Yeah. I would love to. I'd love to be back. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for jumping on, Nick. Um, for those no, who want to find out where you are in your socials and everything like that, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, mostly, Nick W. Lloyd. Um, I'm not a massive, massive poster, but uh, I do I do keep up to date with my golf on there. Um, yeah, I just focus on getting out there and practicing rather than posting reels. I've realised that's a, that's a nice positive thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> there we go mindset of a champion love it um well thanks for coming on again and uh we'll have Good to get you on me. soon and actually talk a bit more of shop about yeah. all the cool things you're Absolutely. learning exactly exactly appreciate it and thank you for having me you're a legend well there's always a lot i can go through after these episodes and i think it's just an absolute privilege to be able to break down so many of these episodes and have a little summary afterwards because it's just great to reflect and make sure that we're learning all the lessons and, and everything in between. But from Nick's, if I'm going to single out one thing in particular, because there's a lot, um, it's really around the fact that when he was speaking about how he spends so much time doing physical training and everything to make sure his body's performing well and has all his coaches and stuff, but how often do we actually dedicate our time to working on our mental self? Like I'm sure we spend the odd five minutes here and there working on meditation, or practice gratitude but how often do we think about writing down everything journaling what have we learned how are we practicing our mindfulness and how are we improving ourselves to better for a lot of us i'm sure it's something that we probably think we're doing when we're watching youtube videos i personally think that was me for a long time it's probably still am just trying to stay motivated watching youtube videos and not really actually getting to the crux of the skills and and strategies to learn out of it but what can we actually do to make sure we improve ourselves for the better and I do believe that Nick really said it very well in the episode and, and I really look forward to actually re-listening re to this one again because, yeah, I think I think there was a lot to, to go through in that one. So, yeah, super inspiring. Very, very cool to hear how Nick's going and I think he's got a big future ahead of him. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Make sure you reach out to Nick if you have any questions and also keep listening to more of the episodes to get more and more knowledge out of us. So, yeah. Let's get to it.